0: Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald Signs.
1: Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so
0: much noise!
1: Kingsley rolls to the boys. Back to Kingsley. Carlson Twice the no, effort well, no, 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 now! No, no, oh, man, no! Kingsley Magic! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart and Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson.
0: Yeah, World Cup's up and running, but who cares? It's all about one certain fixture for us this week on Scarves Around the Funnel, and Edinburgh Derby, Mr Dunsire, to preview.
1: Oh, indeed it is. It's the World Cup break, but there is still domestic action to get your teeth into. This weekend, it's the big SWPL match. The women's game between Hibernian and Heart of Midlothian. And we're expecting a record crowd. And after Hearts have started the season in really fine form, we're very optimistic ahead of it. And we are pleased that we will be joined very shortly by two members of the Hearts women's side. The manager and the captain, no less. So, quite exciting. And I think the good thing is... Mark, you know, we've, we've had a couple of players on previously from the Hearts women's side and it's something we like to give a bit of focus to. You know, we're not going to give it on a weekly basis. We are heart and Midlothian focus. It does tend to be the men's side. But I think this is really, it's a really good time to look at something like this. The same with like lower league football, lower league football, women's football, other teams, other aspects of football that you can maybe turn to just now. Because obviously the Hearts men's team aren't in action for about five weeks.
0: This is, this is a huge opportunity for lower league football, for the women's game. And, and when you think about it, I can remember going to games at Tyne Castle, the old Tyne Castle with a shed and everything like that, where the attendance didn't reach five figures. And that happened quite a lot um, in, in certain years. There are more than 10,000 going to be in attendance at Easter Road this weekend. For, for Hibs Against Hearts. And I think the onus is on us in whether it's the media, um, the various Hearts podcasts and the Hibernian podcasts and the, the written press as well. And the 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 actual teams themselves, because when we suggested that we would like to to preview this game this weekend, Heart of Millennium Football Club could not have done any more to help us um, mm-hmm. as as far as, as promoting the game. Now, promotion is one thing. You, you still have to have a product at the end of it. You can have all the promotion that, that you want for an event or, or, or whatever. But if you get people and you get bums on seats at the event, you've still got to do something to entice them back the next time. This is a different Hearts women's side from a few years ago. This is a far more professional, a far better side, better run. Kudos to the football club for funding the transition that has seen them go from, I mean, they're they're still part-time, but go from kind of more of a hobby to to now something that is is very serious. Um, A team that finished a distant eighth last year, with only Partick and Hamilton behind them to a side that now only has Rangers, Glasgow City, and Celtic above them. So uh, I-, I think Hartman Lothian Football Club deserve great credit and um, the men and women that work there for for promoting this. But there's only so much you can do, and now it's it's up to the team this weekend to do something, to produce something, hopefully a victory, that will give those in an attendance and those traveling. Um, with a maroon and white scarf on, um, the chance to kind of say, you know what, maybe that's my first game, or yep, this this is decent, and to keep going back when the opportunity arises. So big opportunity this weekend for for both Hibs and Hearts, and uh, and hopefully the women's game can can flourish on the back of this because Rangers play Celtic as well, so it's a huge weekend coming up for the girls. It certainly is.
1: So our focus on this week's episode of Scarves Around the Funnel is of course the Hearts Women's side as we mentioned and we will be chatting with a couple of members of that team very shortly. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Uh, This week we are delighted to be joined by a couple of very special guests who are part of the Hearts Women's Team. First up, we are joined by the Hearts uh, Manager of the Women's Team, Eva Olid. How are you, Eva?
2: Hi, <laughs> good evening. Very good. Thank you. And you?
1: Uh, very well. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, obviously, we know you are um, Spanish uh, of origin and now you're having to cope with a second Scottish winter. That must be quite challenging, even before we get to the football.
2: Yes. And as I say everybody like look worse this winter, but I'm trying to prepare mentally to <laughs> to be ready.
1: Um we're also very pleased to be joined uh by the captain of the Hearts Women's side, Georgia Hunter. How are you, Georgia?
3: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm good. You'll be more accustomed to the weather around here. You have um, been helping Ava do some winter shopping to get some, some big jackets and cosy jumpers.
3: <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can ever get used to it because it's absolutely freezing every single year.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and of course, we have Mark Donaldson with us as well, who is well accustomed to Scottish winters, even if you've not had one for quite a while, Mark.
0: It's, honestly, Scottish winters are, are, are nothing. Um, compared to a Connecticut winter, and, and I love the fact—I just love you—you you asking Georgia and Ava about um, going out to get some winter clothes. Surely Gordy the Kitman takes care of all that at Harps, and you—you—you you, you just basically say what you what you want, girls, and 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 Gordy and his staff look after you. Is that not how it works at Time Castle these days? I'm pretty
1: sure he doesn't dress Robbie Nielsen.
0: Mm, well, I suppose. By the way, having the the head coach and the captain on is a bit of a coup for us. So thank you both for, for coming on. I suppose it's a bit like us having Robbie Nielsen and Craig Gordon on together. We've had them both separately on scarves around the funnel, but I don't know if we can trust both Robbie and Craig to behave together, but we can, <laughs> we know we can trust uh, Georgia and, and Ava because there's a huge game, Mr. Dunsar, that we're going to preview with the girls, isn't there?
1: Yes, we will chat to Ava and Georgia about their own careers separately, but our big focus is going to be the big Edinburgh derby on Sunday. A lot of focus on this, not just because it's a massive game, but of course with the men's game on a break just now because of the World Cup, even more uh, attention on this match and hearts have started the season very well, which we will talk about. So uh, we will get to that in due course, but I thought first off, we'll speak to yourself, Ava. you Joined Hearts in the summer last year, the start of last season. Um, before we get into your career up leading up to this point, uh, what was it that attracted you to Edinburgh and to Heart of Midlothian?
2: I knew the the league, Scottish league, because well, I have a connection, a Spanish connection. Is Fran Alonso in Celtic? And um, before COVID, I came here to to watch Celtic and know a little the methodology of Celtic and I watch a Glasgow City Celtic game. And well, from there I started being interested in the league. And, and well, after to be uh, keeping informing about the league, uh, from Frank called me one day and say me that her needs a manager. And I was informing about the club before I knew that they were before in second division and they promote and and for me it was so interesting the the project to start coaching a team that was like a starting in the first division and to grow with them no and that was to attract me to come here.
1: You started coaching quite a while back, back in twenty eleven, uh, back in Catalonia where you're from. Uh, what was it that drew you to coaching to begin with then? Uh, not every footballer decides they want to be a coach as well. Uh, we see that in the men's game. Some disappear <laughs> from the game, some decide they want to go into TV or radio. Uh, why yeah. did you why did you decide that you want to go into coaching?
2: Well, I always I think that where from I was born, I was passionate of football. And because from I have acknowledged, I remember me with my dad and my brother watching football matches, and I always was a freaky of football. I, I knew all the players of the league, uh, all the teams. I had a, always a lot of football knowledge. And be coach is, is for me was a way to be always in football. Like I can be until 80 years old coaching if I want and if physicality I can't. But it's a football is a feeling. You have to feel if not you cannot be coached. And I have that insight and I felt like I had to be coached. It's, it's, it's inside you. It's like it's difficult to explain. But if not you cannot work because football is 24 hours per day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so your coaching took you to the USA in 2019. Uh, you became an assistant coach a men's team in Louisiana, and then you were head coach at Houston Dynamo's women's site. Um, tell us about that move. That must have been quite a big cultural change as well.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's so interesting when you travel away and you meet new cultures. Uh, they have so curious things. About, for example, the concussions until 13 years old, they cannot train heading because they are so strict with concussions. Things like that, no? That is curious because in Spain, from four years old, they are working in heading, no? And you say, Can you see the different football culture? That is an example, but it's so interesting seeing different ways to work different personalities from different countries uh, was a a very good experience for me go to coach there
1: how is scotland compared in a footballing sense to the likes of the usa or spain
2: well uh, usa and scotland both are physical um, physical football like for me at the beginning was difficult because in Spain is, you know, it's not physical like that. In Spain are more we are more ball, ball teams, no? Like more teams that we want to have the possession, no, not, not too much physical. And United States and Scotland is so physical. And it's something that at the beginning was new for me, because in Spain, for example, we work everything with the ball. And in United States, is they have yet the idea of work the physical part like independent of the tactical part. And for me, everything goes together, no? And that are the difference between the two footballs. But going to, to train to United States and Scotland, I learned that the physical part is so important too. Like the good thing is combine both tactical and physical, but the physical part you have to work too. To compete.
1: So you came to A8 Hearts last season. Um, you said that it's very much a project. Obviously, try and develop Hearts, grow the team. Um, was there a specific kind of plan about what you need to do to try and take Hearts forward?
2: Of course, everybody knows that you need support. You need money because if not, it's so difficult, no? We need uh, to create a, a big technical staff. Um, we need to to bring experienced players um, and that everything together make grow the team, no? And that is the process that we are doing, of course, with a methodology, with a philosophy and a style of play. That everything together, I think that arrive the success no but it's a long way it's not you cannot get in one year it's so difficult and and it's work 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 but always having clear your philosophy and a style of play
0: I, I think that's a that's a big thing, Eva because back in May we were commentating on the Copa de la Reina for ESPN the, the semi-final when Barcelona thumped Real Madrid by four goals to nil, and two massive teams as far as the men are concerned. But for the women, Barcelona way clear. You spoke about the gap. Um, you spoke about physicality and, and technical side of things as well. But I want to talk to you about the how to narrow the gap, because I think what Hearts have done this year in the top flight has, has been outstanding, and there's clear progress being made. But in that final that, that we did, of the Copa de Lorena, the, the Queen's Cup final in Spain. Barcelona have got some of the best players in Europe Mapi Leon, Guteas, Martens, mm-hmm. Pina, wonderful players, right? And it was a case of how many are they going to score? They'd beaten Real Madrid 4 0. They played Sporting de Huelva in the final. They, they beat them 6 1. So yeah. just try my co commentators from Catalonia as well. And, and we were, he's a coach, he's got his A license, and we were speaking about. How a team like Huelva, who are way overmatched against a team like Barcelona, who've ultimately got some of the best players in Europe, what would be the first thing that you think you need to do with a club, whether it was Hearts, like you had to do coming up from the SWPL2 last year into the top flight? Um, What's the the kind of first thing that you need to do when there's a golf in class, but you know you have to close it? If you're Huelva or if you're Hearts, how do you close that gap to the bigger teams
2: (laughs) well uh, as I say the first thing that you have to do is create the project no the project with the methodology and with the philosophy that you want to develop in that team because with that you cannot do anything when you have your philosophy and your methodology you can start work but of course For that methodology and philosophy, you need to see the profile of players that you need. And of course, uh, you need support of the club to say, look, I want to do this and I need this profile of players and the club have to support you. How? Of course, with money. And uh, but. Not just with money is enough to arrive to the level of Football Club Barcelona. Football Club Barcelona is working from a lot of years ago, a lot of years ago in women's team. For that now is where they are. But they have from a lot of years ago, the same philosophy and methodology. And after work in the same year, 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 they are where they are now. For that, the methodology and philosophy is the first. And after, of course, get the players. Football club Barcelona have a good academy that they can bring good players from the academy. And apart, they are signing international good players. Like It's the combination of both. Mm. Take care of the academy players. Work very well with the academy to develop good young players. And apart, you need an extra signing uh, top players, of course.
0: But the biggest thing is here, you need patience. Were you given guarantees when you came to Scotland? I mean, that's a, that's a big life change. You've gone from Catalonia. You've gone over to the United States, to Louisiana, to Houston. You've come over to Edinburgh. It's it's a big life change. Were you given guarantees? that you would be given time and money, because a lot of money has been spent this season on the, the Hearts women's side. And, and did you basically say, I'm only coming if I can get those guarantees, because this is not a project that can be done quickly?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and I say to, to the club, look, if I come here, is to leave the team between the best. Because if not, it's not motivation for me. and um, And they are supporting me. I have to say that, of course, uh, the the club is investing this year, but we don't have yet the budget of the top three. Uh, Everybody has to know it's a process. Like we are better in support of last season, but it's a process. We are in transition. We don't have yet the, the investment that other teams have, no? But the thing that we have sure is the methodology the philosophy the style of play and we have players that want to to progress want to learn and and we have a, a nice group of players that that is so difficult to get in women's football a nice changing room a good atmosphere the people come happy to train and i think that is something so important to get to know how you manage the changing room with a yeah. good people in the changing room good players and, and nice people. no, and, and it's so important that too.
0: I, th- I think the big thing is Laurie that, that hearts are right behind us because this, yeah. uh, as Eva's was saying, that this isn't something that you can just chuck a couple of quid at and, and hope that something might work out. Because I know we're, we're looking ahead and we'll speak to George in a second about her preparation for the big game this weekend against Tebbs. You, you look at the league table and you see Rangers at the top of the table, same number of points as Glasgow City. And just one point behind is is Celtic. And, And then there's a gap to the rest, and that's led by Hearts. But you've got... The the goal difference is the interesting thing for me. Rangers, plus 47. Glasgow City, plus 34. Celtic, plus 45. Hearts, Partick are the only other two teams with a positive goal difference. Then you've got Glasgow women who've got minus 53 and Aberdeen at minus 22. It's very similar in Spain in that the top teams really are way clear. So I, I think for, for Hearts to have to have come up, to have changed a lot of players in the summer as well, and to be doing as as well as they're doing. Hibs used to be, a, oh, let's let's try and keep this competitive. Now it's a, this is a disappointment if Hearts don't beat Hibs because they've started the season better than them. But none of this is possible, Laurie, if, if Hearts don't buy into this project and buy into it fully.
1: Yeah. I mean, for context, if for those who might be listening who don't follow the women's team, As closely as others Uh, They finished 8th last season um, But in March uh, It was announced that they'd be moving Semi-professional After outlining a budget to recruit and Pay players Uh, So Ava from last season An 8th place finish Hearts now as Mark says Currently sitting in 4th Are you pleased at the progress That has been made in such a Short period of time?
2: Not yet Totally, I valorate a lot the progression, no, but we are so ambitious, like um, we know that now is like, okay, we are four, we have the feet on the floor, but we don't want to stop. Like, now we cannot stop with this good beginning. We are not saying, no, we relax, no, no, we want more, you know, And, and that is good. Not say, okay, we relax because we are four. No, no, we want more. We want, don't stop. We want, keep going. And that is positive, no? That change of mentality, competitive mentality that the players that were here in last season are doing, no, that change. Because we won now, we won the same games than last season. Already. And we are still in the first round.
1: So yeah. Joe Savage has very openly said about the men's team, his target is to win the league and obviously many people say, well, how are you going to do that? Rangers and Celtic are there. They've dominated the the men's league for many years. Um, is that the same plan with the women's league? People, I suppose the, the slight difference is there's another team in the women's league. There's Glasgow City as well, who are also well-established, well-funded. But is that the long-term aim as well for Joe and for you, Ava, that you want to get to the point that you can win the SWPL as well
2: for the moment uh, our objective is is arrive where are the top 3 that is our main objective we are not saying we are going to win the league soon no is okay we want to be in the level that they are these three top teams we want to be there and the next step will be try to get a champion league position but this is Looking far, you know, first is be at the same level of them and after fight for a Champion League position. Uh, that will be amazing. <laughs> but this but, is dreaming in the future, you know.
0: Yeah, but if we can't dream, Eva, then then what's the point? I like that answer. And, and I think there's a top three right now, but why, why shouldn't there be a top four? Why shouldn't there be four teams... Competing to to win the title, as opposed to to three right now. I, I want to have a bit of fun here, um, and y- you can you can be uh, well, you'll you'll be honest, I'm sure. What makes Georgia Hunter the best person to captain Hearts' women?
2: Well, uh, she won that last season because um, with her personality. Because last season, she didn't miss anything. She came injured without saying anything many times. We knew that sometimes she she had some issues, but she came and she worked so hard every week. Um, and it's difficult to find constant players and hard worker players. It's difficult to find because many players are good, but are not constant. Half week weeks, half weeks better than others and she showed last season that she can be high every week and it's difficult to find that. A part of her personality, she's a nice person and always positive and always looking for the good for the the team and for the teammates and for that this season, she's the captain.
0: Well, Georgia... yeah, I was going to say you're going to be you're going to be pretty. I was thinking, right, how are we going to how are we going to go from from Ava to to Georgia? And I was like, well, why not just get Ava to talk about Georgia, and then Georgia can can respond. Um, Georgia, thank you again for for your patience um, and and kind of uh, listening to to myself and Laurie and and Ava. What do you make of of those comments from your coach and are you where you'd hoped to be at such a young age, Um, already the captain of a, a
3: top-flight side? I mean, it's always good to get compliments for your manager because it's been a long time coming. At heart, same, I've been here, like I think this is my ninth season now, at heart, so I think I'm like, one of the longest-standing players at the women's game just now. Um, I don't know if I did imagine myself to be here like, on part-time, a professional at the moment, Um because what Hearts was like years and years ago and the growth that's happened with the sport for the club over the years and winning the league and then coming up and even coming in, it's just massive and I'm quite honoured to still be here um, and now being captain of the women's team it's just, I'm quite proud to still be at Hearts after so long
1: It's it's even more impressive because the captain of the men's team made his debut for Hearts in 2001 uh, which is the <laughs> year that you were born so... <laughs> <laughs> um you're you're certainly ahead of schedule uh in that sense. Um so you yourself, you said you've been at Hearts for nine years, did you say now? So that's
3: roughly, yeah. I think nine years.
1: Almost almost half your life yeah spent at Hearts. And that was after being with I think Hutchie Vale. Yeah. Before that. Um so how have you what changes have you seen? It must have been significant the change from Hearts when you first broke into the the senior team as such to where it's at now?
3: Yeah so I joined I think we were training like hockey pitches like just the facilities like we obviously had good, good coaches they were volunteering and it was an okay setup but if you're going from under 15s to first team and I was 15 that was already a big jump and it was a great group of girls they were all older I was one of the youngest and just that jump was massive but the resources just the same and then until we won the league and um, I think that was three years ago last week and um, that's when it all started getting more support from the club and just from then better resources even more money and just everything started to improve from there.
1: Yeah you're a part of the team that won promotion from the SWPL2 in 2019 it's obviously been a a very challenging start in the top flight. It is quite a big jump. Um, What's been the difference this season? We know that, you know, there's been money invested. Hearts have started to look at becoming semi-professional. What's the difference for you this season now compared to years gone by?
3: Mm, I'd probably say the commitment overall from the staff and players and a desire to want to turn up every single day and give 100% looking towards the game on the weekend with that winning mentality, just wanting to get as high up as possible on the table and just being passionate about the club parts and wanting to be here for a reason. Just wanting to play football, enjoy it.
1: For those who maybe don't follow the women's team um, often or they maybe haven't seen them at all, so you play centre-back, what what type of defender are
0: you?
3: Oh, I don't know. No
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> No pressure.
3: I'm not one to like slide tackle, etc. I like to like, stand my ground and be more smart in my tackles, etc. Um, You're a ball
1: playing a... defender. Would you be the a John Suter type if we're going to compare you to some of the recent men's players?
3: I probably say so. I like watching. I think he's a good player. Um, yeah, I love passing the ball about and just yeah, being that little pivot in the back for
1: And how have you seen the influence of Ava in terms of? how you play as a team and maybe how you play yourself?
3: Um, well, Eva has huge goals and high aspirations for the team that always makes us want to grow every single week. Like Eva always says, give 200%. And the players that Eva's brought in and the players who have been there from previous years know that in their head. And that's when I was talking about the passion, etc. Like every single week, we do want to come in and Eva makes us feel ourselves, like we enjoy it. And that passion there makes us want to ourselves come every week and give that 200% and just this season with the technical staff and the knowledge they've got has definitely helped us build with the game plan every single week working towards something and that effort has just made us thrive even more than previous years.
0: It's always helpful Georgia when you see progress when you when you see progress year on year when you see what, what Ava's done since she's come in when you see progressive results and when you see players like Rebecca McAllister called up by Scotland uh, now a Scotland international at the age of, of just 19 that's got to be the goal to have not just Rebecca but to have other members of the Scotland squad uh, populated by eligible Hearts players
3: Yeah definitely it's good for Bex to get into the, the squad I mean it's an achievement everyone wants to, to get to but it gives Hearts a recognition and that we deserve and we are a great team that deserves to be fourth place. But as Eva said, we can't become complacent and we do need to keep going, but we do have a great group of players and hopefully more players can get into today's squad. The time.
0: And Eva, when, when, when you look at someone like Caroline Weir, who who started off at at Hibernian um, and then went to, to, to Arsenal and Liverpool and Manchester City, and she's now at, at Real Madrid, a team that you know well, um, from from kind of being from catalonia and knowing yeah. what you know about the, the 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 spanish top flight that's got to give you hope in that the the players that that you've got and you spoke earlier about dreams and everything like that there's no reason why if someone from Hibs can end up at at real madrid if someone from hearts who were just a a a a team of of players in essence a few years ago doing it for the love of the game now semi pro there's no reason why that can't be the dream for some of your players that they can play at the very top level in the game as well.
2: Totally, and I think that you have to have dreams, no, <laughs> is and live with illusion. I always had dreams and and working hard and go getting dreams, but I have a lot of dreams yet to 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 do, no, and I and I try to transmit everything of my experience or in the life to my players. Um they have to dream dream big, no? <laughs> and and yes, of course, I know that some of them dream to arrive to England, First Division. Others will like to go abroad and and that is, is good. I will try to help them.
1: Hopefully hopefully the Hearts players might end up at Barcelona but and not Real Madrid though. Surely, that would be the preference. <laughs> um, look at so, uh, like the men's team last season. Um, uh, Georgia Hart's favouring a bit of a back three. I understand this season. So you're you're in the centre, like you said. You've got quite a bit of experience. Next, you You've got a, a Jamaican internationalist and in Sampson one side, and Emma Brownley the other. How how do you like working as a back three?
3: Well, when I was younger, actually. Wasn't in favour of the back three, but now obviously growing up with the experience and getting the knowledge from other players like Emma Brownlee and v, um it is great. They do know a lot and they have helped me improve this season already and it's already nearly halfway through. Um, but yeah, it just gives the confidence in myself as well from being so young, knowing that I can play with players like that in my team and building from their expertise and also trying to help them out where I can, just gives confidence in myself and it's, it's good.
0: You're playing in front of a good goalkeeper as well,
3: aren't you? Yeah, definitely. PS is good and she's a brilliant penalty stopper. <laughs> That's a fact. But uh, yeah,
1: of course, Charlotte Parker-Smith, sponsored by scarves around the funnel. Just have to drop that in, don't you, Mark? <laughs> of course,
0: <laughs> of course. And we we raised money recently, didn't we, for for charity? Yes. One of the prizes was was Charlotte's match worn shirt that we sponsored from from last season. It just sounds like it's a really good group of. Of, of players, because Ava was talking earlier about being in a changing room. It can be difficult at times where one or two don't feel part of it. But when you've when you've got the, the, the team spirit that you've got in the changing room, Georgia, how important is that, that you look forward to going to, to training and to playing games rather than, oh God, we've got another game today?
3: I mean, yeah, it's probably one of the most important things, like having... Like good team bonds within the team, and with being having tea, like the team with players so young, having that division between young and old, that I feel like that's quite good in a team. You can learn from the old, and just having those relationships is, is quite great. And I feel like it's quite easy with us because we've had it for so long, and that is something that's something that hearts do look for is as those bonds within the team. Um, but yeah, that is, is massively important. And Eva obviously looks for that. So the players she's brought in has helped out massively and are all, a great bunch of girls. We all get along and it takes on to the pitches. All well. you can see the communication's improved and wanting to help each other out and learning from each other and learning about each player, their strengths and weaknesses. And that obviously improves the game overall. Playing against the-, say, the,
0: the way that you speak, you, you don't speak like someone in their early 20s. You speak like someone that's been around the game for a while, learned the lessons, made the mistakes, learned from them and, and got on to to, to do well. Age, your age, just a number, isn't it? I mean, as a captain of a football club, I mean, I have, as someone that watched Jude Bellingham this morning rule that game, England playing in the World Cup, um, and then his interview afterwards, you forget he's just 19 years old. It just appears that the kids these days in the early 20-somethings just have that little bit, they're a wee bit more streetwise and a wee bit more mature than the previous generation. Is that a fair comment?
3: I mean, it's, it's came from playing with older players, majority of my life, from when I was 15, like I said, I did come up to first team and everyone was over 20 and 25, like that's came from my young age and I still have a lot to learn, like major, and every player has improvements that can be made and with those older players now in the team bringing their like experience, it will massively help me and yeah, as I said, it's good to be captain now, but I've still got a lot to learn. So I'm looking forward to this season, to see where it takes us.
1: What is the style of play you would say that Hearts are currently um, playing with this season? If you were, <laughs> were going to... Who are you asking here? Are
0: you asking the centre-back? Or you asking I'm going to ask the centre-back. The head coach. I'm, well, I'm centre-back gonna ask, first, OK.
1: I'm going to ask Georgia. So Avis obviously came over with a plan, with a philosophy Um like she said if if you were gonna try and sell your sell the hearts team to someone who you know we've got lots of listeners some of them will actually follow the hearts women's team some of them won't one thing we like to try and do when we've got um someone from the hearts women's team on we've had a couple before is to try and i guess encourage people along who maybe go to see the men's team but don't always go and see the women's team if if someone was to come along and see the the women's team on sunday which many will do We'll get to that shortly. Um, what what style of play can they expect from your team?
3: We like to play fast-paced combination play. So just keeping the ball enjoying it, not forcing the passes. Just keeping it, enjoying it, like I said, and none long ball crap like what I says. Don't <laughs> just put the ball up the park. Just keep it, enjoy it, pass like play through players, open up the gaps, play through the lines. Just no forcing for passes and keeping it, yeah, fast one-two touch.
0: You you can't, uh, uh, having an ethos about the way you want to play football, we all, we'd all love to 25 passes and the ball ends up in the back <laughs> of the net, but uh, I'm, I mean, Laurie's commentated on enough games, I've commentated on enough games where you see players try to play out from the back, involve the goalkeeper, they're clearly not either ready to do that or not good enough to do that, but they want to play the game in the right way you've got to play to your strengths and, and when that is one of your strengths and that's the way that you have been coached, it makes life a, a heck of a lot easier. So whether it's you at the back or whether you're playing further forward, and whether it's Kira in midfield or whoever it is, Georgia in attack, everyone's going to be comfortable on the ball to be able to play that and it helps when you all are, doesn't
3: it? Yeah, definitely. And it comes to a lot of hard work and training and repetition and the draws and the keep going and keep going, always practicing one-two-touch with speed of play and always trying to keep it and I feel lose it, you're straight back, straight on it and if not, you are organise just, we need to work more on the pressure and keeping the ball in that sense but yeah, as I said working hard and putting the effort in is what will improve us with the one-two-touch and with a style of play, it is hard it does, it does come eventually but you need to be committed to wanting to keep the ball and having to fight back if you lose it
1: Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the nineteen fifties. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Right, let's look ahead to Sunday. So it's Hibernian against Heart of Midlothian, and doesn't matter if it's men's game, it's women's game, if it's the a youth game that always means, fight in the car park uh, whatever the, whatever the whatever the level whatever um type of game it is whether it's football or something else yeah, hearts against hips always means something in the capital and at the moment it looks like it's going to smash the SWPL attendance record as almost 10,000 tickets have been picked up for Sunday's league clash which will also determine the first winner of the capital cup So there's two things on offer there. There's points and there's the Capital Cup. Um, Entry to the game has been made free by Hibs, thanks to support from the sponsor of the match, Bailey Gifford. Um, So fans from both sides have picked up tickets. There's around 1,800 tickets sold in the away end, I'm told, uh, at the time of recording, which is excellent. And I think last season, the record was about 5,500 that was set. um, And Mm -hmm. it's going to be, obviously pretty much double that. Eva, uh, that must be quite exciting to be involved in a game which is going to have such a big attendance.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. And last season, the two games that we played in both stadium were exciting. The first one was hard one year ago because we were like young and an experienced team, no? But now all that players have one year more of experience in this league, plus the new players that came. No, it's a different match. But when above all, I what I feel in Time Castle in the second game is is emotions, a lot of good emotions to listen the people back for me, like create good good emotions. No, and and repeat that again is it, is good.
0: I love the timing of it, Laurie, as well. World Cup's on, no hearts games. Put this into context, this game on Sunday, live on BBC Alaba, at 10 past four, is likely to have more fans in attendance than the record crowd of nearly 10,200 that watched Scotland play Ireland at Hampden last month in the World Cup. Playoff, so you've you've got everything going for you as far as timing and and Hib's making the game free and Hearts having plenty in attendance. How do you ensure players that aren't used to playing in front of that many people on a weekly basis aren't overawed and can use the experience as something to benefit your players, Ava?
2: Well, I think that in women's football any player is used to that because we don't play normally in the stadiums, no? Like it's sad to say but the women's players are not used to to the crowd and the people in general. Rangers Celtic are not used to because people is not going to watch women's football, no? Like but of course, uh, this this week we have A part of the tactical game plan, we have a psychological part too, to work in that. The mental side is so important and we try to work that every week, not just this week. Every week we try to work in that. Of course, this week the focus will be in the pressure, no? That can be all that people. But every week we work in the mental side too and to have prepared the players for everything, no? And this week will be the same.
0: Pretty easy to inspire you, Georgia,
2: huh? Yeah, definitely. Um, the Derby is a massive
3: game in Edinburgh and I've loved being involved in it for the past nine years. It's always been a massive game I've looked forward to and to have that many fans supporting the Derby in Edinburgh is just absolutely huge. And I can't remember 15-year-old me imagining me playing in front of that at Eastern and hopefully Pencastle Castle next. So that's a massive opportunity for us and the girls to go ahead and come up with three points and hopefully the Capital Cup.
0: I just yeah. really hope that in, in, in six years' time, Laurie, I mean, George has just spoken about her, a 15-year-old Georgia who was at heart not even thinking that that would be possible. Without wanting to age you rather quickly, um, <laughs> a 27-, 28-year-old Georgia thinking back to when she was uh, appearing on scarves around the funnel um, when she was in her early 20s, hopefully you're in a position to to kind of look back and go, you know what, yeah, w- women's football kind of, it it, it really gained traction um, around about 2021, 20, 22. But look at us now. How do we take what we have right now in women's football? And I'm speaking as the father of a, a four-year-old daughter who I'm desperate to to play soccer and obviously over here in the United States. Soccer, oh, good
3: <laughs>
0: You know what I mean. Play football, <laughs> play football. Uh, how how do we how do we ensure that in six years' time that you can look back and go yeah we we did things right what do we need to do to keep this upward trend going um, and ensure that women's football is 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 mainstream um, like men's football is it possible first of all and how do we do it if it is
3: I would say it is possible I feel like when obviously the resources is a massive thing and the money that women's football needs to have but I feel like the media is a massive part in advertising women's football and things like this weekend obviously getting over 10,000 fans hopefully coming along that needs to happen when Hearts and Hibs are playing on the weekend men's teams and need that support ongoing consistently when there's no breaks etc and I feel that does come from money and, and the media and and the other side is also having the role models like you're talking about your daughter Ava, having people to look up to. And I feel like the women's game has grown in that way where younger girls can look up. When I was younger I didn't have that many that I could look up to. But now when it's grown and there is bigger opportunities for women in football to go ahead towards, it definitely will improve, I feel.
1: It's a I mean it's a big weekend of exposure for for women's football actually. Um, the Rangers huge. Celtic, um is live on BBC Alba on Saturday at five fifteen. Then you've got Dundee United Aberdeen live on BBC online on Sunday at one o'clock. And then obviously the biggest game of them all, the main event is at ten past four on BBC Alba on Sunday. Uh, that's of course Hibernian against Heart of Midlothian, the Women's Derby. Um. You can get along to though. You can pick up tickets from the Hearts ticket office. There's about 1,800 Hearts fans, as I mentioned. The Gorgie Ultras will be there, so you'll get the full singing section. You'll get the drum, so hopefully they'll create a good atmosphere for it. Are you are you in with them? Yes, I'm meant to be. Yes, I, I'm meant to be sitting in. He's in with the
0: Gorgie Ultras. Have you got your songbook ready?
1: I'm gonna have to learn the words because I'm normally commentating, so I'm gonna have to. Uh-huh. Someone's gonna have to help me with that. Give me a I'm... G. <laughs>
0: Let's do the Georgia song. It's a bit easier to do it with a coach because she's not got as many letters in her name as the (laughs) centre-back captain, eh?
1: Georgia, looking at the game itself, so head-to-head, there's no secret Hibs have been way ahead of Hearts over the past few years in terms of progression of the women's side. Um, Hearts, I think, have lost five in a row now against Hibs. It was 3-1 and 4-1 last season. Um, Has the tide changed, though? Is this Hearts' time to now... Um, take a grip of this rivalry.
3: I would like to think so. Yeah, with all the hard work we've put in, I feel like there is going to be a good, a good outcome on Sunday, and that's what we're looking forward to. And all the new girls that are coming in, obviously not been involved in derbies before with hips and hearts, they're all looking forward to it and they're very excited. So, just need to have that grit and desire and passion, to the hearts that we belong to, and just need to go in. And hopefully, get a few points.
0: Got a few players that have or uh, will experience playing on both sides. Now that could be interesting.
3: Yeah, is that, I don't know what players you're talking about, is that general, etc.?
0: Yeah, just in just general. When you, there were, there were a couple of players that left Hibs and, and have had yeah. previous experience and now at Hearts and, and various other things as well. And it, it just shows you Hearts have, have come so far that they're now able to attract players, international players, Irish players, Northern, New Zealand internationals, players that have played yeah. for other top teams. Um, that that was a pipe dream a few years ago, but with the help of the club and, and with Ava able to attract them to Hearts, this is one of the games that that you want to play in when when you when you do that.
3: Yeah, as I said, it's a massive opportunity for us to thrive and get the three points in the derby. But yeah, this came of hard work and the support for the club has obviously brought those players in, and that's what's pushed us up to fourth place this season altogether from the people from previous years and and the players that have been brought in and. Working together as a team and as I said learning strengths and weaknesses at each player and they've put a lot of effort in when coming into the team and to improve and stay fourth place is is what our aim was but hopefully we strive and go higher on the table.
1: Ava, Gary Locke is um, around Hearts and part of his job is to make sure anyone who comes to Tynecastle knows exactly how important it is to beat Hibs. Uh, is that the same with the women's team? Have you got... Does Gary Locke make sure your players know about how important it is to beat Hibs? Or have you got an equivalent Gary Locke around the women's side?
2: Well, yeah, not just... Uh, him. Like, when I arrive here, everybody's saying me, fans writing me by Instagram and social media and saying me, ah, oh, that match, you have to win. is so important. Like, everybody trying to... <laughs> transmit me the importance of that match. You no, know, When I arrived last season, now nobody say me anything because now one year here, but one year ago, everybody's saying me things about the importance of this match and the rivality and everything. And I say, okay, I understand, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
2: everybody saying me that season was crazy.
1: Are you both confident ahead of Sunday?
3: 100%. Yeah,
2: yeah totally. And I'm sure... Sure, that will be a a good match, a competitive match and a nice match to watch. Sure.
1: Well, that's what we want to hear. And obviously, if you've not got a ticket and you can make it, please pick one up. You can get them from the ticket office. Um, If you are not local or you cannot make it, but you can watch it. It is on BBC Alba at 10 past four on Sunday. Um, So good luck to Eva. Good luck to Georgia. Good luck to the rest of the team. Thank you both for joining us. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you
2: so much. (laughs) And
1: and all the best, obviously, on Sunday and for the rest of the season.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank
1: you both. See you
2: next time. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Uh, thank you again to Eva Oled, who is the Hearts manager, the Hearts women's side manager, and their captain, Georgia Hunter, for both joining us. And both of Mark, speak very well, and I think a credit to the Hearts women's side.
0: Indeed. And it's I love the fact both Ava and George are talking about the team spirit that that they've got George is saying how much she looks forward to 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 training and then playing as well and the, the results this season have been a big improvement and it, it, look it's no surprise you you spend a bit of cash you bring in a top quality coach you've got some really good players now but it's it's about seeing that upward trajectory continue. It's about being the dominant team in Edinburgh. It's about making sure that after all those years when Hibbs had the upper hand on Harves, that we now have the upper hand on them. And and our our view is, is kind of upwards towards Rangers and Glasgow City and Celtic rather than what's down below us. And, and it's about maintaining that upward curve and, and making sure it, it doesn't flatline. It's easier said than done, but I tell you what, it would be a big shot in the arm if we could get the victory this weekend at Easter Road. Certainly would,
1: and I think you know we mentioned it at the start of the episode. You mentioned it when we were chatting to Eva and George as well. Timing is really good for this because you know at the moment, you know, I think we've talked about it before in the podcast. Regardless of what World Cup it is, I don't. I struggle to get too excited about international tournaments. But even people who do, they still miss going to a game. And I think to have this taking place this weekend, there's no other game for Hearts going on until mid-December. Um, a chance to go to Easter Road for a derby. There's going to be a big crowd. I know that the Gorgie Altars are going, so I think it will be a really lively atmosphere. This could be a real lift for both Hearts and the women's game. And I, I hope there's a few people who maybe go along, because I won't, I won't lie. I, a few years ago, I was, I, I would say, on the, on the fence about whether I'd actually bother watching the Hearts women's side. never had an issue with it being a thing. But whether I was going to take any interest in it myself, that was up for debate, I would say. But now I've went along and watched it. I've gotten involved in different ways. It's something I'm really keen to get behind. It's part of Heart of Midlothian Football Club. It encourages young people, whether it's your daughter, maybe it's Ryan's daughter in a few years, to get into football. And even if that's just they see someone playing and think, you know what, that could be me. It won't necessarily make it, you know, same with the men's game. <laughs> the most people don't make it as a footballer. But if that inspires people to get involved in football, to maybe follow hearts, to feel like it's more inclusive, I think that's quite important. So um I think from being, you know, behind it, but not necessarily being overly keen to get involved necessarily a few years ago when, when Hearts obviously had a women's side. I hope after this weekend a few people maybe get sold on, you know what? this is a good thing and this is enjoyable. If it's a weekend where hearts aren't playing or maybe they're playing the other day, Saturday or Sunday, vice versa, why won't I go along and you know support support these women and give them my back in their hearts, they're part of the club and they're kind of promoting um, a very inclusive side of things and maybe helping a few young girls get interested in football.
0: That's the key point. Uh, and Georgia made a lot of salient points, but one of the most important that she made for me when she was talking about herself as a fifteen-year-old six years ago, she didn't have anybody that she could look up to. She didn't have anybody at heart, so it didn't. I mean, it didn't exist. So, women's football was an afterthought. Women's football was like what men's football over here in the states was in the eighties. It was. It, it appeared as a kind of an and finally, if it even made any news, it was the the the, the small bit seventeen pages. In from the back page of any newspapers with a a couple of lines of, of of results. That that's the way it used to be. It's it really has come on now. I mean, I, I spoke to a couple of pals of mine who took their kids to. I mean, Ian Mercer has has been in the away end. Um, he's taken his daughter there, and and thoroughly enjoyed it. But a couple of other pals have have taken kids there for the, for the first time, and it's a lot easier to to take your young kids to a, a game like this. I mean, th- this is the perfect time. It's not a nighttime game either. It's it's 10 past four, so you don't have to worry about, oh, school tomorrow or anything like that. It's a late late kickoff. But kids kids are easily, um, they're very impressionable. They can be easily pleased with certain things. And and if, if you explain to them, what you're doing and where you're taking them and, and we're supporting hearts. And then there'll be parents that, that want su- their kids to support Hibs as well. And your team wins. Oh, there's your captive audience. Okay, oh, can I go back? I really enjoyed that. So it's getting them there for the first time. Whatever happened to you um, when you initially were skeptical and decided maybe it's not for me, whatever happened that made you decide, I'll, I'll give this a go? I mean, what else are you gonna be doing? This weekend, if you don't have any plans for this weekend on Sunday at ten past four, and it's a wee trip down to to Easter Road, get yourself a ticket. It might you might not have kids, well, so go with the other half, go yourself. Because it, it, here's here's the analogy for you. And speaking of my four year old, right? Here you go. Here's here's a bit of food for you. I don't want it. well what, why? You're not hungry? No, I just I, I don't like it. Well, okay. Have you, have you tried it before? No, but I'm I'm not going to like it. Well, how do you know if you've not tried? What is the worst that can happen? If you have no plans on a Sunday afternoon and you decide to go along to Easter Road, there are very few negatives about that. There are only positives in what it could lead to, whether it's to your kids, whether it's yourself or or whatever. We need to grow this game. But the game needs to deserve to be grown as well. And if you can see that the club's putting money into it or like they're doing with, with hearts, it's... When, when this gets under one umbrella and one banner, that, that's that's vitally important. And the, I, I don't know what's going to happen in, in 10 years' time, but I'd like to think that you don't have to scroll back all those articles. You don't have to go in 17 pages. I'm not saying it'll ever be as prominent, but it needs to be more prominent. So there's no excuse. If you don't have anything to do on Sunday, hang yourself down there. Go and enjoy it. Because you know what? You might end up liking it, God forbid, and then that's half the battle to try and attract you back.
1: Certainly. As I mentioned, game is at 10 past four on Sunday. It is on BBC Album, but if you can go, it's free. You can pick up tickets from the Hearts Ticket Office, getting the way in, where there's almost 2,000 Hearts fans at the time of recording, maybe more by the time we get to Sunday. So hopefully a really healthy crowd. It will be a record-breaking crowd in terms of an SWPL match and hopefully a big win for Hearts as they look to turn the tide on Hibernian. Uh, In terms of the women's game, of course, that is. Uh, Thank you for tuning in this week. We will be back next week. Um, We will have uh, a focus on the men's team as well. Hopefully we can talk about a big result for the women's team and we'll have other things to chat about also. You can get in touch in the meantime on Twitter at Around the Funnel. You can also email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co. Dot .uk Until next time, thanks for tuning in.